Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rebel Pastor. I'm super excited to get into another week of this. Me too. Andrew, how are you doing? Fun. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good. Good. Site has been live. I'm hoping at this point people are communicating with us. If not, I get on so it. Too. Yes, please. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have questions, thoughts, whatever it may be. Yeah. Episode three. This mm -hmm. is exciting. I don't mm -hmm. know. I guess before we get into anything that before like the one thing we're like okay this is something we should probably talk about mm -hmm. i already thought of a different random question okay good i like random questions so what is your opinion on numbers and like i feel like in the church world oh church wow <laughs> this is <laughs> this will be some of the fun of doing this with you joe is that that was nowhere about anything that we talked about <laughs> no, for this episode nothing. at all i mean you just threw yeah. that at me but i feel like <laughs> sorry that's all right i just feel like numbers a lot of times like people put a big emphasis on like different numbers and different meanings mm -hmm. and i don't know if there has to be any true thoughts behind it but <laughs> do you 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 a number guy you you like to no i'm not no? a number guy okay. i mean i i get as a study of scripture is mm -hmm. that being something that is um people can find meaning in. Mm -hmm. I think that a problem with that is obviously there's kind of a conspiracy theory road to that where mm -hmm. um, just as humans, like we can fixate on a number and then see it everywhere. Yeah. So we do that anyways. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a thing in psychology that yeah. that can happen. And so I think a lot of times when pastors do that, that they're just fixating on something mm -hmm. and seeing it everywhere. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't some numerology kind of stuff in scripture that as you're studying can be an interesting aside. I never think it should be like a main thing. Yeah. That's just my, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was, I, I was thinking that cause I know that's something that I do a lot. I'm like, you know, I really like the number 23. Oh, I see 23 there. I see 23 there. And that is probably my favorite number too. So I that think that yeah. is a great number, probably for different reasons. Definitely different reasons. Mine is because of Michael Jordan. I'm <laughs> guessing yours is not because mine of happens to be from a comic book character. Okay. So a little bit, you know. <laughs> and there is the great Jim Carrey movie Twenty Three. I don't know it. if you've seen it, but that would be a perfect example of mm -hmm. like becoming obsessed with this number, and then you're finding it everywhere. Yeah. Which would be, I mean, if we're going down rabbit rabbit trails which we do a lot um i think that is something that pastors do and that we all have a temptation to do is like we get fixated on one thing we see it everywhere we build mm. theologies around it we build all this stuff and it's just we're making something very big on something very little yeah but it i would think there's also a, a counter to that like as somewhat like you, we read the Bible, mm -hmm. hopefully a bunch of different times throughout our life, mm -hmm. and something that I hear constantly in like from a preacher is like, "I've read this, you yeah. know, five times. I've never seen this once, yeah, and now I saw it." So yes, and that's like I don't know where, if you know, when we're so fixated on one thing, mm -hmm. we can miss all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But then through different seasons, maybe absolutely, and I think. That is definitely something that happens. I would just focus people on making that a bigger theme. Like mm. if it's the theme of love or grace or the God, you know, like something like that or seeing Jesus 
in the Old Testament as much as you see Jesus in the New is great. Like, if it's fixated on a number, then that's probably <laughs> going to, like, at some point be yeah. like, mm, I'm not so sure mm. that's going to last you a very long time. And I guess the only reason I'm saying that is because there's literally people that have ministries that's just based off of all these, and usually it's the end time kind of mm. crowd of, like, numbers being this Big massive, thing. important thing. Yeah. But as numbers go, three well, is kind of an important one because you know that's the Trinity. Yeah, and yeah. So that's I, saw, not... I was thinking, I was like, that we gotta make some. <laughs> my brain went there, and I was like, that's well, now that. I have to ask a question. <laughs> I can't just let this slide. Well, I appreciate that question way out of left field for us, and hopefully we haven't offended any number of people today. But that is what we will try to do: is definitely offend people on mm. all sides of every issue yeah. hopefully so i guess it's not a big deal yeah, for you. Not that big a deal. <laughs> but i guess one more thing before we okay. jump away from numbers okay uh, yes. again going to the three things okay <laughs> okay because isn't it like a you know like if it's like hey jesus said this three times that means like pay attention or focus up or like something like that so mm -hmm. i guess that's just repeating something mm -hmm. that then we go into like numbers to it we do, yeah, and so. and obviously with scripture observes kind of like the first time something's mm -hmm. mentioned is supposed to be, and again some of those things are good. I think we also at times make too much of those, can make too much of those, or, um, but you know we're funny yeah. people, so whatever. If you, Humans if are you're number deal. twenty, I I would love someday if I'm extremely bored <laughs> and have the time, we should do a twenty three study. And oh. we'll just see where, how often the number 23, 23. comes up in scripture, and okay. we can form a whole uh, cult on it, maybe Oof. even, and, you know, run seminars and conferences all about the number 23. I think that's a great idea. And we should start And Michael now. Jordan could still be, he could be our logo for oh it. God. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I would be, I would be, I'd be touching on some dreams there, probably. I think I little Andrew would be very, <laughs> yeah. very happy with President Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I knew it was all leading to something. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Hard to recover Hard to after recover. that rabbit hole. I should have thought that as soon as I started. I was like, how do I, how do I come back from this question? Yeah, let's just do it. This Perfect. Is, uh, well. I'm just going to reverse and act like I never asked that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we talked about some... You blew my mind in the second episode, I think. You you did um, what I think every good human and pastor by that needs to do. Mm -hmm. And that's made me rethink of something that I've definitely already pictured countless times. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've, yeah, I've thought of it. Like, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I think just the way you reworded uh, mm. what it means to be a successful church and that kind of aspect of things just got me very much stuck. Mm -hmm. I liked that. So that I, was, I liked watching that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. And I mm -hmm. feel like I wanted to maybe touch on a few other stuff that we... I just couldn't do it. Uh, my, yeah. brain, my brain was... And I was like, I just need to focus. Mm-hmm. But I think going from episode one and two, if we don't kind of re-hit this on three or kind of dive deeper into mm -hmm. it, we're maybe doing, we're just 
taking maybe too much time, mm-hmm. which I feel like is going to happen when weird Probably. questions pop up. Yeah, number of questions yeah. in there. <laughs> but, but when we're talking about being a rebel pastor, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about how Jesus is or was the ultimate rebel, mm-hmm. and I, I still think that maybe I don't fully can't fully picture that or and I'm sure there's other people or maybe even I th- I believe or think I have a picture of that mm-hmm. and I think that would be a good thing to talk about just so people can know what when we're talking and when you're talking about that what what are you feeling what are you thinking mm-hmm. what are you like what's mm-hmm. coming to your mind yeah that's great great question and again just maybe to remind everybody is that I am on one level wanting to call for rebel pastors um, and challenge kind of the idea of what pastoring is. At the same time, I think in doing that, I, I as much want to challenge people to be rebel people. Mm. And because I believe it's that important, I, I really believe that if if part of what being a Christian is, is being a Jesus follower which I think yeah. that is the heart of what being a Christian is. Um, I, I really believe that Jesus really personified this idea of what a rebel was, somebody mm. that was resisting you know, what culture and institutions and religions and governments had come up with as what was like being a good human citizen, uh, playing by their rules to get ahead, whatever it would be. Jesus was constantly... Uh, breaking all those rules and so for me um it's very much about like not just as a pastor but as a person like if pastors didn't even exist i think we would still there still would be the call for us to be rebels yeah and because jesus was Mm -hmm. and so if we if we want to live out that like what would jesus do well jesus would be a rebel he was a rebel and on every level and that's what kind of started blowing my mind as i was feeling this um, you know, because he, and I think we've mentioned this here, even though we're, we're brothers, there's a huge age gap. And so we've, we've grown up in very different church environments on some level, like our church environment circle was very like small in the sense of how long either of us were in the same yeah. church until now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my church environment growing up, the idea of a rebel was like very much frowned upon. Right. And so being a rebel kind of signified, um, you know, somebody that was not living the way God wanted them to live. There was a lot of emphasis put on like being somebody that listens to authority, is under authority, and that sort of thing. And so as I was in my own journey, like questioning things, which led to questioning people, which led to questioning rules, which led to questioning everything. I had to combat my own programming of like being a rebel is wrong. Like being a rebel is sinning. Even on some level it was, there was even kind of that programming of like, um, if I rebel against, the church, if I rebel against pastors, if I question, then I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. And um, so I needed kind of some reassurance in my own journey, right? Yeah. Of like, okay, am I, I sinning? Am I? And that will probably be a reoccurring theme in my own journey a lot of like, am I crazy? Am I? 
because I, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like I'm being made to feel like I'm crazy. I'm being made to feel mm. like I'm sinning. I'm being made to feel like this. Well, this was also, I, we touched on it again last week, but before, you know, like you could look online for a bunch of like other people that were feeling mm-hmm. the same way. So you were just in this community, the community you had there. Yeah. Like that, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to look at the world. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, so I did feel very alone, but you're right. And I feel so dorky to say because that dates me so bad of like, hey, before the internet was a thing. <laughs> the internet existed. We yeah. just didn't use it the same way mm-hmm. at that time. And and yeah, so I did feel very alone. And all my church experience revolved really around the same group. So we were all... Um, programmed groomed whatever the same way believe the same thing so that definitely led to it of like yeah not only are these maybe older figures um authority figures looking at me kind of strangely or as if i or treating me as if i'm sinning but then a lot of my peers as well was like whoa yeah andrew's getting out there or something um so yeah so it was important for me to to be a Jesus follower first mm. before I was causing trouble in church or whatever. Yeah. If that does that make sense? It does. Well, cuz I mean my initial question to the all that is and like thought processes and it goes back to that very first statement. It's like you're not it's not being a rebel without a cause. It's yeah. like how do you, how do you find the greatest cause like yeah, which is following Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a trap that rebel like when you or feel that rebel spirit, mm-hmm. but don't know how to maybe tap into it. Yeah. Is I'm sure That's that could great... come out and just like, well, I'm just going to vomit all this like mm-hmm. different things. And I don't know, have zero direction. Mm-hmm. And I guess where I'm looking at, I don't think that's what a rebel is. Mm-hmm. A rebel is not like, well, I'm just going to like run in this circle <laughs> yeah. and cause this panic. Chaos. It's like, I'm going to, I had this aim, mm-hmm. and that aim is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what does that, like, all this other things that are happening around me, Yeah, maybe I'm starting to see the, like, man behind the curtain. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, very so, well said. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and so I think for anybody else listening or, um, again, pastors wondering, I believe that Jesus is this beautiful great picture and call for us to be rebels because every aspect as as i started looking at it maybe just with a little bit different lens i i was like man every aspect of who jesus is was rebel from from the inception of the idea of self like him entering our world our history that was so rebel yeah. It be, because in everybody in the world's ideas, every civilization through that, like gods don't leave their place of power. They don't leave like their the worlds mm. they exist in to come be a part of creation, like to enter this realm of humans. Gods don't do that, you yeah. know. And so, like already, I'm seeing this rebel plan forming, and then the fact that the savior of the world comes like it, the way he enters the world is as a baby yeah Oof. do you get more like upside down of what 
not like the world would expect, what religion expected at that day. Like Israel was expecting their savior to come as this mighty warrior that was just going to set everything right and set up Israel again. And Jesus shows up as a baby. The savior is a baby that you can't get any more vulnerable than that. Yeah. That is, that to me blows my mind. And, and I almost can't get off of that mm-hmm. on some level that Jesus made himself vulnerable to us. He had to be take, taken care of by a wow. mom and Oof. a dad. Like, if they would have dropped him, it was over, <laughs> yeah. right? It's oh. done. Like, the story, it's a little less powerful of a story of a baby resurrecting from a drop than what actually ended up happening. So I, I just think that right there... At the very beginning, you've got this rebel thing going on, and the world responded to him as a threat. Mm. Like, we see that even in the story that we know is that Herod tries to have him, like, all the bit, like, Jesus, this baby is such a threat because it's coming so anti of every way that the world thought that they were freaked out and tried to take Jesus out before he was, like, right after he was born. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Well, it wasn't even that. It was, like, that that fear was it was powerful enough to be, like, I'm not going to take a single chance. Just take mm-hmm. them all. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal. I don't. I'm scared of this baby. Yeah, baby that was Which, coming to. And, and because, again, if you can remember, it was that he Jesus was going to upend the power structures of his day and time. Yeah. And uh Herod knew that, felt that in some ways and it freaked him out. But if you look at reread the story of Jesus, you see numerous times where Israel and his people, the Jewish people, were very freaked out by him, especially the religious leaders. Mm. And so then we know of course as Jesus grows into an adult and starts his ministry, he's constantly rebelling against everything. Like, if if he was today, it would be like he was rebelling against the right and the left. He was rebelling against liberals and conservatives. He was rebelling, Mm -hmm. you know, on everything you could possibly hit. I think Jesus did something that blew people's (laughs) minds and upset the religion, upset whoever was in power and whatever, what, institution mm-hmm. was in power um but also i think confused people and and like community groups that weren't in power yeah intrigued them probably <laughs> but also confused them like who is this dude and what is he doing well yeah i feel like you kind of hit it. like if he was today he would do something that would make everyone on one side be like yeah this is our guy mm-hmm. and as soon as they're all behind him he's like Nah, this yeah. is what I meant. And then I just like, because that's what the example he does back then. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets, I think, I can't remember if he said this in the episode mm-hmm. or on a Sunday, but he he gets, anytime he gets a group of people, mm-hmm. he always makes sure to do, to do something that's going to offend them. Yeah. And to weed out, like, who's in it for a show yeah. and who's in it because, like, they see something. Exactly. And, and so, obviously, it's easy to look at Jesus's story in life and be like oh yeah he was always fighting the power and you know he was always upsetting the religious you know elite and that's great and that i for me that was a big clue of like yeah he was doing that so i should do that too and i don't have to feel like i'm you know 
this horrible sinner because I'm questioning the way that church functions or the way that leaders deal with people or the way that they are. Jesus would be doing that too. But then also seeing that other side of like Jesus, any time that he started getting crowd, anytime scripture kind of talks about him getting popular, there's like this story about his brothers coming to him and being like, hey, you're really getting popular. This is what you need to do now. And Jesus I'm not going to do that. But then <laughs> one of my favorites is in John where it's talking about how the crowds were getting very large. And so these are like Jesus's fan club now. And Jesus actually, that's where he gets everybody together and talks about eating his flesh and doing mm -hmm. until it loses almost everybody left him. So every time he gets popular, he yeah. does something to piss everybody Oof. off and they all leave him. And, um, that I guess as a as a pastor we should be taking notice of that. Yeah, and so I've tried to make that a big, of, <laughs> a big part of my idea of what being a pastor is. Is that, uh, and that would go to what we talked about last week about success. Yeah. So is Jesus unsuccessful there? Yeah. Oof. I I can't say that anything Jesus did would be an unsuccessful attempt yeah. at, at how things should be. Oof. So as pastors, we should maybe be offending people more, dropping down our crowd size <laughs> from time to time. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I was kind of going to ask you mm -hmm. in this is how, how has that gone what feels like unnoticed? Mm -hmm. Because it, it, that's not like something that people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. It's not like the churches don't, aren't talking about those stories and aren't yeah. talking about like Jesus yeah. But how is it as, you know, the church in this century and I, who knows if it's been mm -hmm. like forever that like so many of us do you think that can read those scriptures mm -hmm. and study those scriptures and just not get it and not see yeah. it maybe? Yeah. Well, I think we've just been programmed and trained to see certain things, mm. you know. And so some of the things that I, I would say, like, there's other aspects going on. Obviously, in that story, I'm not sure the fact that Jesus is offending everybody is the main point. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's not, but I'm not sure it's the main point. There's also some really powerful stuff about Jesus being our everything and, like, consuming him. Mm. Um that I think is important. So down through history, we've focused on other aspects, but I, I can't deny that I think there's a part of us and there's a part of um, church leadership down through time that, that doesn't want to promote kind of this rebel idea of who Jesus was. Yeah. If you, if you are looking at even that aspect that every time Jesus, the crowds got big that Jesus did something to offend them and kind of drive the crowds away. What are what are we supposed to do with our idea of successful church today? Yeah. Well, that I mean, that was the the next thing I was just yeah. about to go into. Like how, obviously, that thing goes to like uh, either a fear control type of like they uh, not wanting to lose, which I get it, especially if you have been in it and like mm -hmm. that's your livelihood. But then that goes to what's the calling? What's yeah, yeah, and wh why are we so obsessed with numbers equaling success? Yeah, because that I there's nothing that I can see in 
in Jesus' ministry, I don't even think in the early church, they would point to numbers being something that was important um, or certainly something that was a sign of, like, success. Yeah. Something about numbers actually made Jesus... No, we're back on numbers again. I was about to say, it all comes something, <laughs> something about numbers seemed to make Jesus... You know, I mean, not that Jesus was really anxious or nervous, but like nervous. Like, yeah. it's like, no, this isn't good. This is getting too big. Mm. So, we should maybe take a clue from that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell pastors what they have to do, but if you've never had something in your, you know, if, if you're buying into the idea that success. Uh, is driven by numbers and that means your ministry is doing well or the other people that you look at it's because they have big numbers and you think that means they're doing well i don't i don't think jesus would agree with you on that yeah well so then what i don't know if you have any advice or opinion for maybe uh pastors or leaders that are inheriting or kind of stepping mm. in to a church that is has a larger number base and a large mm. like I would assume that goes to a lot of like they've been obviously being trained up and raised up sure or even potentially a pastor that has had you know a bigger group and has maybe had that mindset that's maybe starting to get out like mm-hmm. is that it's I can't assume that's just like, okay, well, now that I'm starting to maybe see some of these other aspects, it's, oh, I'm just going to cut, like, be like, take half my people and be like, you can't come to church anymore. Yeah. But, like, what do you think just, I would assume speaking, you know, truth and being blunt has a lot to do with maybe Mm -hmm. weeding some people out, but I think it just goes to, like, how scary maybe if we were really looking at being a rebel, mm. how, what some of those consequences can be. Yeah. And I think it's easy to associate that in, because there's so many areas where it's, you know, the authority or, you know, like the people that don't see and the people that do, like mm. there's two separate sides. But what about the people that like are just stepping into it and don't mm-hmm. know what's going on or like mm-hmm. or feeling kind of lost in this kind of whirlwind yeah that's a great question and i think on some levels those people in in those situations are some of the best times to do that mm-hmm. and maybe i feel that way because that was my own scenario on some level of coming into a church that had been successful in terms of numbers um, but was definitely, but was going through a ton of turmoil and kind of falling apart. And the the temptation at the time would have been like, "Hey, you gotta like, try to keep everybody that's here here. Like, stop losing people and start growing." Mm. And um, I mean, that is such a common even phrase like church growth. I would say to most people means we're trying to grow numbers. Not that we're trying to necessarily grow in the strength of our community, not that we're trying to grow in how we share or care for our communities, greater community, like the world around us, but church growth always comes down to numbers. And so 
um, to get back to your original question, I think if you are in some sort of transition like that, it, it is kind of a perfect time to get your foot on the gas pedal and and let people know, like, set what's going to be normal. Mm. What's going to be normal around here is we're going to question everything. And what's going to be normal around here is I'm going to say some things that at times um, shock you or offend you or... Um, but I'm going to do, hopefully as a pastor, I'm going to do that to everybody. I think one of the kind of pitfalls pastors can fall into is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I guess we'll take something that's maybe current today. Like, oh, I'm going to really go after people that are behind Trump and the Republican Party. And I'm going to really hit on kind of conservative Christian America. And I think you should do that. Don't get me wrong. But again for looking at Jesus life he was he was offending people on both sides he was challenging um because it for Jesus it wasn't about what's a better power structure mm. it was about all of those power structures like falling and yeah. crumbling um so yeah just find some ways if you're out there to i, I believe that in most pastors god's put something in there like as they're studying as they're preparing as they're thinking about their congregation there's probably something like oh i I really wish i could preach this but i I, you know i gotta tone it down Mm. don't tone it down just (laughs) preach that and see what happens Mm. if you don't care about numbers Mm. then there's nothing to fear yeah again I don't. I really don't want to put any disclaimer on that. I just want that to be out there. But I, I do have to say, I will say this: we're not. You're not trying to hurt people. So, mm. so the one maybe check that you would want to do as a budding rebel pastor is just be like, "Am, am I doing? Am I saying this because I'm angry and I just want to like voice my own anger, or is this something that God's put on my heart too?" Yeah, that's a great... Does that make sense? No, that, I think, is a great disclaimer. I've made mistakes on both sides. Yeah. So, so in my own... (laughs) Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) In my own journey, and now looking back on it, I always laugh. So part of my story is I I took over this kind of mess when I was just 27, I think is when I took over the churches, took over the church as the senior pastor. Which, looking back on now, I'm just like, what in the world was I thinking? Um, And definitely felt that call of, like, I'm just going to put my foot on the gas pedal and challenge everybody, and we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, And I think there were times that that was really good and healthy, and then there were times maybe I was just doing things for shock value. Mm. So, like, I can remember one time... um, at, at, and I don't now, which is probably a sign that I, I wasn't really, um, you know, being led by the spirit at that point <laughs> or for that, nice way to... <laughs> for that specific thing. Cause I don't remember what the point was supposed to be. Oh, I gosh. just remember that I brought like a bottle of wine and a cigar and I was using it for something in my message and I was like lighting the cigar, you know? And mm-hmm. so... It was fun, and I hopefully, I don't know what it, but kind of at the end of it, I was like, okay, I just did all that for shock value, yeah. and I'm not sure that accomplished anything. <laughs> As opposed to when I know, like, oh, okay, that, that is a freedom issue, and yeah. I'm, I'm, 
you know, you know, I'm challenging that, and that's maybe going to cause some people to leave. I'm okay with that. Yeah. At the end of the day, if me, again, if there would be a point for me lighting up a cigar at church, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. Yeah. And I <laughs> you're looking hesi- for yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> hesitate to do that. I don't think in that specific situation there mm-hmm. was. Yeah. <laughs> And I knew it almost right away. Mm. I knew I knew it after I was done with that message of just like, okay, that's I'm not that was not the best idea. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean that's a that's like I think that's good for people to hear. Yeah. Because especially if it's people that have been I don't want to say like in hiding, mm. but not knowing and having this kind mm. of build up, mm-hmm. it would be really easy to just have it, you know, explode yeah. and have, have you know, the anger maybe mm-hmm. of having to be like, I'm so upset with everything that's going on. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, like, mm-hmm. do stuff for shock value, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is going to happen because yeah. we're people. And like Absolutely. you said, it's happened to you many times. Yeah. But, like, we should, I, I just keep on coming to, like, it's not a rebel without a cause. Yeah. And it's. That's a good it's, point. You know, we have this amazing example of someone that we can look to mm-hmm. and try to get to that place. Yeah. Um, but we're not. We're going to fail. Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And I think something that maybe will help, you know, that, that I want to be a voice in is encouraging people. It's okay to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, just you'll know when you do it and you don't have to beat yourself up. Like I, I didn't spend a lot of time beating myself up over that. It was just like, okay, God, I don't want to, I don't really want, I don't like how that feels. And I like how it feels when I, when I know that I'm questioning the things that you have me to question and I'm doing it the way that you want me to do it at the same time. Then because rebels have been so oppressed and because they, there's been such a place in the church where we're taught not to question and we're taught not to offend people that way and we're taught those things. I I guess I don't want anybody a fear of making mistakes to stop somebody from from questioning. Yeah. At the end of the day, um whoever God wants to be a part of your community, your your church, and th- this is how I felt all the all the time anyways was like, God, this is your church. I'm going to do my best at the end of the day. It's up to you to keep people here or to put it on people's hearts to be a part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, so don't be afraid to do something. Yeah. Just be honest about the process as you're going along with it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Definitely. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, again, I guess <laughs> I want to throw this out. Don't make up your mind about what makes for a good result. Hmm. So if we're saying already we're looking at like, well, numbers aren't a sign of what's successful. You know, the fact that you make everybody mad isn't necessarily a sign that it's successful. So there's just this part about being a pastor of like, I'm going to walk this out and try to do what God wants me to do. But maybe what's, God wants for success in this is that I'm going to learn something in okay. the middle of it, and my church isn't going to learn anything. Maybe this is all about me learning a lesson. I don't know. You know, mm. I think we we need to be careful um, when we're starting the journey not to decide what 
it what it is that it what the point of all of it is. Yeah. It's just following Jesus. Oof. So that's whatever really the good. outcome of that is. Because mm-hmm. maybe for some people, I think I read about certain people that I feel like, oh man, they really have this rebel heart and they do something and their ch- and the church grows in numbers. If they're being who God made them to be, I'm not going to say that that's less rebelly because they have more people. Yeah. So we, I think we just can't be the ones to judge what success mm-hmm. is um, when we're, we're just trying to follow God in that. Yeah, no, that's... I think that's that. I mean, and I know that's really good because as humans, that's what we do with everything. We, we have, we want there to be a result that yeah. we know beforehand. Yeah. And I think that's, we just, oof, to try not to do that yeah. is. And I see that with every movement. We so want to define what the movement is, even now in the deconstruction movement. There's so many people out there being like, this is what deconstruction is, and this is how you need to go through it, and then once you get here, then you've deconstructed, and it just makes me want to howl laughing because I've been deconstructing for like 16 years now, and I feel like it's going to be something I do the rest of my life, so... I don't think there's a pattern for it and I don't think we can say this is how it's going to happen and then when you get here this is what you can expect and um, we can share stories and life mm-hmm. and different parts of that will help people and we should do that but we shouldn't try to keep defining the entire process for people and I don't want to that's not what I'm interested in doing by doing this podcast or talking about rebel pastor. I don't want to tell everybody this is what you have to do. Mm. Um, because then if you were going to be a rebel pastor, you'd have to rebel against that and do something <laughs> oh, God. different. Right? <laughs> the circle. Yeah. The circle becomes, yeah. Mm. Hopefully that makes sense. Definitely. Well, numbers, numbers. I'll come back to numbers. I think that is as good a place of any I to like it. stop episode Yeah, three. and we didn't even hit all the... I mean, again, Jesus is a rebel on... So we didn't even talk about the fact that he was a rebel in his death. He was a rebel in his resurrection. He was a rebel in what he asked us to do after that. So everything. Study it out yourself. Like, get into Jesus' life and look at all the ways... Um, that he personified what it meant to be a real rebel. Yeah. And I think you will, like I was, be encouraged that, hey, this is actually the right path for me to Mm -hmm. go down if I'm following Jesus. Yeah. And please, if you guys have any, like, questions or thoughts, reach out to us on Instagram. We do really want to hear from you. We want to know how you're doing, if, like, what's hitting home. If you really want to hear like Andrew talk about something specifically, uh, just so we can interact, we want that. It's not uh, some weird bot that's doing it. It's mm-hmm. him. We want to hear. Uh, we love doing this already. It's been mm-hmm. super fun, and it's always very exciting. And I'm super happy. Not that it's about numbers, <laughs> but to start hearing uh, from you guys and potentially build this community. Yeah, and this absolutely. Be. And if it's just uh, one person out there that needs support or um, somebody to talk to, again, please reach out. Um, I don't want you to be alone or feel hopeless in what you're going through. So, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.